0: Today we're, we're talking about um, self-control and I just want to show a video first of all, maybe we can um, turn the lights down and, and give an example of you know, a little bit of a lack of um, self-control if you can put this um, video up, a momentary lack of self-control. Anyway, you get the gist of it, don't you? You didn't get the sound but you get the gist of it. Can we have the lights back on again? Poor old, um, poor old Lauren James showed a, a bit of a lack of self control there, didn't she? But she she follows in 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 the footsteps of the great, doesn't she? If you remember David Beckham, those of you who are old enough who showed similar lack of self control, I think personally, um watching the game, that she just got so frustrated, didn't she? She had be marked out of the game for the whole game and, and just took her own, got her own back on the defender who'd, who'd had her in her pocket for the whole um, game. But it's just an example of self-control, really. And um, our final fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law and so that's our theme for this morning just to think about for a, a few minutes is the whole thing of of self-control I feel like I was saying somebody yesterday I feel like I've drawn the short straw that I get I get the self-control one um to talk about um a bit like um patience uh uh Camille but I was the one who did the plan so I suppose I'll just have to uh live with it so um Yeah, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And um, the dictionary, let's put that next screen up as well. The dictionary definition um, says that it's the ability to control your emotions and actions. The Greek uh, word egrehteia means self-mastery, self-control. It speaks of the power to rule oneself and literally means the ability to take a grip of oneself. And we say to each other, don't we, get a grip, will you? Just get a grip of yourself. And it points to the inner power to control one's own desires, passions and appetites and cravings um, as well. So that is self-control. Now, James, he writes about this in James chapter 1 and verse 13. And maybe we can put this up on the screen. I haven't got a comfort monitor that's working at the moment, so I'm having to crane my head all the time. Um, But this is what James says in this context. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, you know, I just want to say this morning that that just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean the old desires have gone away. You're still going to be tempted by stuff. There's still going to be stuff that will appeal to you. There'll be desires within you that, that will, will will create, you know, sin in your life. You'll go after things that you shouldn't go after. Paul talks about it, doesn't he? He sort of says, you know, the things that I shouldn't do, I do. And the things that I, I should do, I don't do. Or something like that, he says. And, and we all fight those battles uh, for ourselves. They're still there and they, they rise up in us at times. And Paul, you know, uses the example of an, of an athlete um, using self-control and self-restraint. The athlete who, who almost beats his body into submission. And you probably know these verses. They're familiar to you, I'm sure. 1 Corinthians 9 and, and 24, if we can put these up as well. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? I'm a runner, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that, w- that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not shadowboxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. We've got a few runners in our church, haven't we? A few of us run and we never run aimlessly. You won't see me running around Adderbury aimlessly. I have a plan. I have a route. I don't just beat the air. I make my body a slave. Look at me. This is the result of not running aimlessly, not beating the air, but disciplining and toning my body so that it can be amazing and wonderful, and Julia just fancies me even more. Well, so self-control, Paul uses this example of self-control within an athlete, and as we look at our Bibles, we see so many examples of people losing self-control. I mean, the first one is the most obvious one, Adam and Eve with the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and, and, and you know, they were told not to eat from it and they couldn't control their appetite, their, their desire to eat that luscious fruit. We think of Esau and Jacob, but you know, the guy sold his inheritance for a, for a red stew. Amazing. Moses with the Egyptian slave master and David and Bathsheba and Simon, the fascinating one, Simon cuts off the ear of the priest slave. He loses self-control. And we read of the Corinthians, you know, overeating when they're having their um, love feast. Self-control. Throughout the Bible, we're encouraged to have self-control throughout the Bible, right from the front to the end. To have self-control. Proverbs 5, 21, maybe we can put it up on the screen. For the Lord sees clearly what a man does. That's scary, isn't it? Oh, you could hear a pin pin drop now. I wasn't even planning to focus on that, but that's scary, isn't it? Examining every path he takes, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He'll be lost because of his great foolishness. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Think about that. No defenses, open to anything. That's what a person with self-control is like. And then if we can move on to uh, 2 Peter 1, I'm trusting that it's all going on behind my head. Um, I I love this passage, you know. I, there's so many passages of scripture, but I but I love this one because within this passage are the keys to following Jesus, to living a godly life, to living an abundant life, to living in all the plans and purposes that God has for you, uh, for, for, for real, true Christian living, if you like. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I love that. You're struggling with your Christian life right now. Maybe you're not a Christian this morning. You're struggling with your life. Everything we need is in him. Everything. And yet we struggle on. We struggle and we strive and we we can't get things right. And we we do the things we don't want to do and don't do the things we should be doing. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. Who called us by his own glory and goodness? Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. What an incredible thing to say for you and I that, that that's the promise for us that we can participate in the divine nature. That is, that's amazing having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, now here it is, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. That's what what, um, Paul, that's what Peter's saying. He's saying, add goodness, and add to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge, there it is, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting they've been cleansed from their past sins everything's there in that verse folks everything we need For life and godliness. The secrets are all there. They're not even secrets. They're laid out for you. And then the next verse I just want to put in front of you. 1 Peter 1, 13. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious, gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is released to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your human desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So many verses, so many passages I could have read this morning about self-control. Friends, God wants us to have self-control in our lives. Self-control, and it's, it's it's the fruit of the Spirit thinking this, I was driving here this morning, it's almost like the glue that holds everything together. It's uh, it's almost like wisdom is when it comes in operating in the, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the self-control enables us to live lives that are full of love and joy and peace. It's not just that the self-control um, stops us from sinning and, and, you know, behaving badly or whatever it is, or having bad habits or addictions or whatever. The, the self-control helps us to To show love when we don't feel like showing love. To be joyful when we don't feel like being joyful. To be at peace when we're feeling fearful and scared. And to share that with other people. And to to share goodness with people. And to be kind to people when they're not being kind to us. So self-control. How is a lack of self-control manifest? There is a scary verse in 2 Timothy 3, which is talking about, I think, the days that we're living in. generation we're living in and you know as we read these these words we need to remember something here these words of of paul to timothy these words were were written to the christians not the people out there but the christians us the church but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money Challenging words. And I think if we're honest, probably all of us have maybe demonstrated one of those characteristics at times. You know, God's desperate, desperate desire for his church and for our church is to, um, for us to be lovers of him, not lovers of pleasure, and having not just a form of godliness, but a powerful form of godliness, living fully, For him. So, where where have we lost self-control? Where have you lost self-control? Can I ask you that this morning? Where have you lost self-control? I put a few things up on screen to consider this morning. I was praying about what what I could sort of share and I was thinking, you know, about my own experiences and and the people I've come across during my life. And I guess number one is anger. Anger. We saw that in that football, the little football video there with Lauren James, you know, just losing that self-control for a moment. And uh, we see it with road rage, don't we? Just driving around, you know, Banbury or or wherever it is. We see people shouting at their kids. Maybe in our families, there's there's an anger sometimes for some of us. Take it out on our husband or, or our wife. Temper tantrums, having a short fuse. Sometimes people say to me that, you know, well, that's just the way I am. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I feel like the vicar of dibbly then for a moment. No, 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 no. We can't say that as God's people. We'll see why in a moment or two. But the Bible says, I've not got it up on there. Don't Please don't put the whole list up yet. Um, just put, go on the anger one, thank you. Um, the Bible says this, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. You know, it's sinful to be angry and the problem with anger is it can, it can get worse and worse and anger can grow and grow to the point where we give the devil a foothold. It's interesting in the New Living Translation. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let anger control you. I wonder if there's anybody in this room this morning where anger controls you. Perhaps you need to reflect on where that started, where the root of that is, when it first happened. Maybe you need to talk to Father about that. The second one was worry. Jesus said this, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Has worry got out of control in your life? Have you lost your self-control over worry? Some of us worry so much that when we haven't got anything to worry about, we start worrying because we haven't got anything to worry about. We start thinking something must be coming our way soon because I've got nothing to worry about. Has worry, has worry got out of control in your world right now? I think one of the dangers in our, in our age is people process, they over-process, they over-process, they over-think and think and think and try and work it out. There's such a danger in over-processing. Because here's the thing, and actually, I was writing a little bit about this in this book I've been trying to write for the last two years, which is going through an editorial at the moment, that here's the thing, when we're focused on processing and thinking and wondering and trying to work it out for ourselves and maybe reflecting on what happened years ago, and you know, it's right sometimes to do that, but when we overdo it, we're not living today. We're missing out on today. And people are missing us today because we're constantly thinking and processing and churning things over in our mind, but we're not living, we're not alive anymore. And that's not what God wants for us. Didn't Solomon write, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Stop over-processing. If it's got out of control, then we're going to pray in a few moments and help you to get back control on that. Fear was the next one. So many people struggle with fear. Has it got out of control in your life right now? Because let me tell you, God does not want you to be fearful. So many times through the Bible, the, these words come up, these three words, do not fear. And maybe you need to hear that this morning, that God would speak right into your heart and into your life, into your spirit and say, do not fear. Stop being fearful fearful. Paul wrote to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear. It's not from God, it's from the other fellow. God's not given you a spirit of fear, but this is the thing, he's given you a spirit of power, love, and different translations say different things, don't they? Sound mind, self-discipline, self-control as well. God's put that spirit in you. And and here's the thing. We've been talking all these weeks about the fruit of the spirit. This is already in you. The self-control is already in you. If you know Jesus this morning? It's in you. It's been put in you by his spirit. So what do you need to do? Yeah, fear not. But you need to tap into the self-control, don't you? You need to say, God, you know, thank you. You've given me this spirit that's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of power, love, and self-control. And I want to tap into it. I want to plug into it today and have self-control in this area of fear. I will not fear. I'm not going to fear getting cancer. I'm not going to fear spiders. I'm not going to fear the dark. I'm not going to fear heights. I'm not going to fear losing my job. I'm not going to fear old age. Whatever it is, I'm not going to fear. I'm not having it. You know, people are so fearful today. And I think it's the, the enemy uses that against us. And again, we're distracted. We're not living in the now. And God wants us to live in the now and enjoy our life. We've been born for an abundant life. I, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. So fear. And then the next one, the mouth, the tongue. We used to have an expression in Leicester. We used to say about people, oh, they've got a right gob on them. All right, gob on them. Have you lost control of your tongue? You know, the first thing you do is criticize. The first thing you do is judge. The first thing you do is gossip. The first thing you do is lie. I've met people over the years who are liars. Who just cannot help themselves. They lie, they lie, they lie. Have you lost control of the tongue? Maybe that's something you just need to get control of and so that your words are positive And the words that you say only build people up and encourage them rather than pulling them down. And the next one, sexual sins and lust. And obviously we've got, we've got children in here today, I'm aware of that. But you know this word agatia was used as a virtue of one who, who masters their desires and their passions, especially their, especially their sensual appetite. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says this, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from it. Sexual immorality is rampant in our society. Rampant. The enemy has had a field day. You can view, watch, read anywhere, anytime. And Paul writes, flee from it. All of the sins, listen to this, a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It's a constant challenge for men and women today. And maybe you need help in that area, get some accountability, get an accountability partner in that area and stop visiting those places um, that you shouldn't be um, visiting. And then the next one, gambling. I need to speed up a little bit here. We've got gambling. It's a sin. Feel free at the picnic to challenge me on that one. You know why it's a sin? Because it's demonstrating a lack of trust in God to meet your needs. It might not say gambling directly is a sin in the Bible, but I've met so many Christians over the years who, who buy lottery tickets and, and, and whatever it is, whatever form of gambling, it needs to stop, friends. We should be trusting in him and using our money more wisely, to be honest. Spending and impulse buying. I know, I've met people who just who cannot stop spending. They have no budget. They just spend, spend, spend. And thanks to Amazon, you can do it any time of day, can't you? Just buy, buy, buy. Has it got out of control? You're spending, your impulse buying, overeating. Drinking, smoking, drugs. God wants to help you with this. If it's an area that's got out of control, God wants to help you with it. He's helping me with my jelly babies and my mince pies and, and other things. But no, seriously, he, there is help available. And if you feel you need help, come and speak to us. Or maybe you just can't say no. Maybe your answer is always yes. Maybe you just can't say no. You meet people every now and then who just cannot say no to anyone. The spouse, their children, that's a common one today. We live in a society where parents can't say no to their children. And we're going to reap it one day. Hopefully I won't be around for that, but we're going to reap it one day. Because sooner, well, anyway, in any case, these children we can't say no to. They're going to have no said to them at workplace, um, or maybe they won't. I don't know. But you, has that got out of control? Where do you lack self control? Where do you lack? Self-control. OK, six quick things. How can I, how, what can I do to gain more self-control? You know, there's an advert a few years ago, um, some of you remember, it was a British Gas one, and uh, they had a famous actors in it, and they said, it's good to be in control, didn't they? They just stuck their finger out, and then a little blue flame came up and said, it's good to be in control. I was going to show one of those adverts at this point, but they're a little bit sexist, so I thought I'd get in trouble if I showed them. But you can always look at them on YouTube. They were okay back then. Well, they weren't really, um, but we can't show them today. So number one, know that it's God's desire for you and, uh, um, and you have his spirit dwelling within you. And I've already mentioned this um, a few moments ago, but God's spirit is living within you. This self-control is already a part of you. And so don't be passive, be active about it. and Say, God, I want you to help. Number two, know this, that no sin can master you. No sin can master you. I want to read something from, um, yeah, from Romans chapter 6, because I want you to hear this this morning. Some of you need to hear this this morning. So Romans chapter 6 and verse 1 says this, it says this, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. So this is just a shortened version on there, by the way. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him and in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. And here's the thing, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. And he goes on to say, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Whatever you've lost control of, whatever... Sin, whatever habit, whatever addiction is going on in your life right now, it is not your master. These are the words of God to us today. It's not your master. No sin can master you. So our response to that is to live our lives differently. And right at the end of those verses, it says this, now you are free from your slavery to sin and you become slaves to righteous living. God provides us with the self-control to say no to sin. He gives us the help to stop sinning. Okay, number three, center your life in Christ each day. That's the third one. True self-control is all about surrendering our control to the control of Christ. And when you think about this, I was reflecting on this this week. Jesus was the epitome of self-control. And so if we can center our lives in him, then we will have more self-control. Listen to this. All his life he was without sin. He was tempted like us. And the Bible says, yet no deceit was found within him. He was never tempted or tricked into doing or saying anything that was inconsistent with his father's will. He could have called upon legions of angels, but he didn't. He could have rebutted the the false charges and defended himself, but he didn't. He could have easily quit that night in Gethsemane where where his um, sweat came like drops of blood, but he didn't. He was reviled and rejected and despised. He was spat at. He was struck. He was slapped. They scourged him, but he didn't quit. He kept going. He showed self-control. He was obedient to the point of death on the cross. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? Center your life in him each day. Number four, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. If you want some more self-control in your life, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Colossians 3, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. So we we set our minds on him, we set our thoughts upon him. It's almost like when you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna go drive and you're going through those roadworks on the motorway and they're like 50 mile an hour and you, you set cruise control to, to 50 mile an hour. Well, 52 mile an hour, 53 mile an hour you speed up to overtake someone and then you put it down to 48 mile an hour and then does anybody do that Right, I'm the only one in the uh place and then you're trying to work out at the end of the road works do I need to just slow it down by 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 one mile an hour just so that I don't go over the 50 uh mile an hour but, but the point of this is that we we sell hearts and minds on Christ we we focus on him and and um And we set our hearts and mind on his word as as well. And if we will read his word and be renewed in our minds by his word, then um, we won't go to the right or the left. We won't go too fast, we won't go too slow. We'll just be in tune with God's word. So the secret of self-control is to program your mind with God's word. And the final one, no, fifth, fifth one is avoid situations where you may be tempted. We pray it, don't we, lead us not into temptation. And we have a responsibility there not to put ourselves in situations where we'd be led into temptation. Now we've we've got our kids here today and uh, grandkids here today. It's lovely to have them sat, hiding away on the back row there. Um, But we had to go shopping on Sunday night, uh, on Friday night and uh, to get some food in for them. And uh, I was trying to avoid the sweet aisle, Um, but she led me into temptation. And um, I wasn't going to buy, it. I went into Sainsbury's just to get some shopping with her. I wasn't going to buy any sweets at all. But I've got to be honest, I did come home with some dolly mixtures. And uh, those dolly mixtures are not at home now. They're, they're not in our larder anywhere. They're actually in here, um, to be honest with you. But we need to avoid these situations where we may be tempted. And number six, the final one is this we need to get some help sometimes and make ourselves accountable to someone. If you've got an area where you're, you're just struggling with self control, then why don't you ask someone to help, maybe someone you really trust, to just pray you through and just ask you every now and then, how's it going with that thing? How are you doing with that? How are you getting on with that? So, fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Where do you lack self-control? Jerry Bridges came up with this uh, quote, the final one. It is impossible to be a follower of Jesus without giving diligent attention in our lives to the grace of self-control. There is a form of self-control that says yes to what we should do as well as no to what we shouldn't.